0: Hello guys, and welcome to Farfetched Stories! If you're a returning listener, welcome back, and if you're new here, thanks for joining us! My name is Ariam e. Verberg, I am your resident fantasy author, and your host on here. Last week, in episode 7 of The Raven's Toll, we learned some of Zori's secrets. Today in episode 8, we find ourselves in a battle that will put relationships to the test and make the raven cross a bridge he can never uncross. My thanks to Diana Moore for narrating this episode, Louisa Mitchell for text editing, and Alex Lu for providing the music. If you'd like more details about The Ravenstall, you can go to remverberg.com. For now, enjoy this episode, thank you for listening, and have a great day!
1: The Raven's Toll, Episode 8 A Perfect Storm He ran through the trees. Kurast, where are you? The raven didn't think the commander could hear him. He could barely hear himself over the screams and clangs of weapons. The Utils had never stood a chance. Reem was a nation of hardened soldiers, many of them trained from childhood. They were annihilating the contingent especially since Lhasa's marshal, Altha, had gone over his head and pulled back two-thirds of it. She'd moved the career soldiers, with their superior weapons, towards the other Zornan contingents, up north. They'd try to get a foothold there, on dry ground, leaving the utils to die in the mud. The raven caught a movement on his right. He dodged a metal spear. Remian elites, five of them, tall, dark-skinned men and women... In a flash, the raven grabbed the spear and swung himself over the handle. He used his momentum to thrust the spear to the side, ramming it against the soldier's legs. Two of them went down, screaming. A third soldier tried to tackle him. The raven veered back up, smashing his elbow into the attacker's jaw while his knee flew forward and cracked the fourth soldier's windpipe. She collapsed with a thud. The raven landed and spun around, long hair swirling around his shoulders. The fifth Remian stood and stared at him, mouth open. The raven threw his head back and laughed. He'd been in the mud then, too, at the end, when all the rivers had flooded and rotting bodies had poisoned the soil. He'd plowed through the stinking, softening earth, a feeling of dread in his stomach, calling on friends that would never respond again. He'd heard the same sounds then as he did now the screams of people sustaining wounds beyond their worst nightmares. He blinked. The world came back into focus. The Remian soldier took one look at him, turned, and ran. The raven kept going, making his way through clumps of fighting soldiers. The ground was littered with bodies, lying between the spindly trees. Here on the edge between the forest and the marshes, It had been easy for the Remians to use the terrain to fight off the much larger Zornan force. In fact, they'd done it so well, they'd failed to notice that the better part of the army was not retreating, but moving north for a second attack. The remaining troops had been given some mag-fueled explosives to create the illusion of resistance. Crut particles hung in the air like a thick fog. T.A. It was Khoras. The raven halted and saw the commander, leaning against a tree. A single speck of blood sat on his stark white cheek. His black hair was stuck to his forehead with sweat. Are you all right? From up close, the raven saw the commander was shaking. He was clenching his jaw to keep the tremors under control. Impatiently, Kuras shook his head. Leave it! Alta. She left us to die! I need to get everyone out of here! He tried to stand up and wavered. The raven caught him by the shoulders, studying him. General Renus ordered the util companies to remain, he said. If you retreat now, that's treason. Then it's treason, Kuros snapped. His eyes widened. Look around you, T.A. Look at what we did. Unwillingly, the raven took in the scene, a scene that reminded him too much of another one. Behind the spindly tenery bushes stood the first trees of Magoya Forest, a welcoming kaleidoscope of colors and shapes. But now, those trees were burning, hit by toxic mag bombs that stuck to every surface they hit. Many of the bodies on the ground were burning too, Remian soldiers and utils alike. They gasped for air, trying to escape the toxic fumes that shriveled up their lungs even as flames devoured them. The Covenant did this. Koros whispered. "'I have to stop them, T.A. "'I have to stop us!' The raven breathed heavily, unable to look away from the smoldering, dying soldiers. For a moment he was gripped in the past's iron hand, trapped in an endless cycle of pain. T.A. His head snapped up. "'Yes, you're right. We must stop this.' It wasn't easy." but the raven finally convinced Las to stay behind, and find the remaining Zornan officer, while he set off for the util captains who'd been leading the defense. Driven away from the toxic smoke, back into the melee, they were now surrounded by Remian forces. The raven had to fight his way through to them. It scared him how fast it all came back, the fighting, the killing. Even without skill, the humans were no match for him. He had no trouble reaching the place the utils had withdrawn to, in a wide cluster around the supply carts, and around Zori. T.A. They stood on an empty cart, explaining something to a squad of utils. At the sight of him, they smiled. You're alive! What are you doing here? He asked. It's bad, T.A. They stepped off the cart, wiping sweat from their forehead. Tavi is dead. Their eyes grew dark. It was a setup. The vanguard left us here to die. Laos planned this all out. Around them, small squads were trying to hold the last defense line. Nikas stumbled out into the safe stone, bleeding from a head wound. We need more bombs, he yelled. The raven looked from Nikas to Zori. What's this? Why are the servants fighting? Zori caught Nikas, who was wavering. If you thought we'd leave our friends, you are mistaken, they said. You told me to be a leader. Well, I'm leading. If Lass wants us dead, at least we'll die together. Sorry. His tone was so stern, they startled and almost dropped Nikas. They even caught the wounded footman and gently set him down. None of this is Lass's fault, he said. Listen to me. Lass is trying to get you out of here. Sorry ignored him and started grabbing spears from another supply cart. They were regular ones. The mag-infused spears had all gone with Alta. "'Sori!' They turned around to face him. The squad captain ran up, saluting. Sori gave him spears without breaking eye contact. "'I trusted you,' they said slowly. "'I trusted you, and he still sacrificed us. Consider my promise withdrawn.' A Remian soldier broke through the line, only a few feet away from them. The raven launched himself forward, jumping the bodies of fallen utils, and tackled the Remian. With a scream, the soldier went down. "'I swear!' the raven yelled over his shoulder. "Lost didn't do this!' In the distance, more Remians were approaching. It was no use. The line was going to break. "'Zori, please!' he pleaded one more time. They looked at him, grabbed a spear, and shook their head. It was over by nightfall. The util companies had to drag their wounded all the way to the new camp up north at the forest's edge. There, the Covenant had breached Remian lines. Remian leadership had withdrawn to Magoya Forest, and the Zornins planned to pursue in the morning. When they finally limped into camp, Koras grabbed the raven's arm. Oh no, T.A. look. The devastation here was even greater. Whole chunks of forest were missing, as if great beasts had sunken their teeth into it. Many of the remaining trees were deformed unnatural-looking black substance clinging to their trunks. It covered the ground, too, choking everything. Undergrowth. Grass. The bodies of fallen soldiers. A haze of crud smoke hung in the air. The raven swallowed hard as memories flashed before his eyes. Long-forgotten screams rung in his ears. He shook his head. He had to stay sane. Kuros needed him now. General Renus was already waiting in the big command tent in the middle of the camp. The commanders of the other contingents had joined them, as well as Alta and Lass's officers. They all sat on one side of a big table at the back of the tent. Rhenus made them stand on the other side, two islands in a sea of carpet, with guards lining the walls around them. Commander lass Master T.A., Renus began, let us not dwell on formalities. Today... Our Great Covenant of the White sun celebrated a victory, but no thanks to you. Kuras drew himself up, trembling slightly. He was in a bad state, exhausted and affected by the toxic gas he'd inhaled while organizing the retreat. I accept full responsibility for the actions of my contingent, sir, he said. And yet the only sensible action was taken by your marshal. Kuras clenched his hands. There has been some miscommunication. Altha tensed in her chair. Kuros continued, his voice increasingly strenuous. I admit that Altha's withdrawal of our main force took me by surprise, he wavered. Once again, I accept full responsibility. But since her withdrawal put me in an indefensible position, I thought it best to retreat. Renus leaned forwards. Were you not aware, Commander Loss, of your standing order not to cede the ground we had gained in the morning? Or did you commit treason on purpose? Something dangerous flickered in Renus's eyes. The raven felt Kauras' anger flare up. Calm, he thought. Calm. Before he knew it, the skill brushed Loss' skin like a fingertip, and the commander relaxed visibly. Raven tried to rein it in, but it was already slithering across the room towards General Rhenus. The general froze and shook his head, befuddled. "'I will accept the consequences for my actions, sir,' Koras said. Rhenus slowly turned his head towards Coras, as if he'd momentarily forgotten the commander. "'It is important,' he said, "'that we stay calm and keep a united front. You will be punished, however.' You and one squad will leave for a scouting mission tomorrow morning, to find the Remians' position. Take all the Utils who rebelled under your command. He sighed, and reached for his wine. It's a dangerous mission. Perhaps you'll find them. Perhaps you'll perish. Either outcome will make my life easier. He took a big gulp of wine, and slumped in his chair. Dismissed. When they left the tent, the raven practically had to carry Kuras. They walked in silence until they'd reached the commander's own tent, far away from listening ears. Khoras stopped in the doorway, twilight playing over his haunted face. All right, T.A., he whispered urgently. You wanted me to make a decision, well, here it is, he swallowed hard. We set out tomorrow morning, but if we do find the Remian leadership, we… we negotiate peace with them. The raven raised an eyebrow and turn our backs on Renus. you realize you're forfeiting your life. Koras shut his eyes. It's the only way. I don't want any more destruction. If it takes my life to accomplish that, it's worth it. He took a deep, shaky breath. Are you with me? A slow, incredulous joy spread through the raven's limbs. He put a hand on Koras's shoulder. I'm with you, he said. Good, Kuros nodded. I'll start. He stopped mid-sentence. His eyes rolled back, and before the raven could catch him, he dropped, unconscious, to the floor.
0: Hello again! Did you enjoy that episode? Maybe you have questions or ideas about where the story is going? In that case, I'd love it if you get in touch with me. You can tweet at me, I'm on Instagram. And for thoughts that won't fit into a tweet, you can also email me. All that information you can find at remverberg.com. That's also the place to subscribe if you'd like to get email notifications for the podcast, along with news and some friendly banter. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you did, and I'll catch you for the next one in two weeks. Bye!